Hello, you're listening to the Slurmcast, a podcast for no reason. Today, we will be discussing the season three finale, 30% Iron Chef, with your host, Pete Woodward. That's me. Guest co-host, Bill Squire. Hey. And Tommy Roulette. Hi. Uh, joining <laughs> us today is our special guest. I believe this is a three-peat, Dan Hollihan. Hello. <laughs> Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> Fuck you, Dan. I, I forgot that part. <laughs> the reason, and, and <laughs> I, I got to ask, uh, actually, welcome back to the show, Dan. Hey, thanks, Pete. Three-peat guest. Three-peat. Uh, you're getting into some rarefied air like Bill here. Um, you know, there's not many people that have been on very often, but, uh, the, the, the background on the fuck you Dan phrase, is that started from when you quit the zap guns oh, I, I or did it start before that. that? I don't know. I thought I, it was just cause we hate Dan. Yeah, I <laughs> thought it was cause you all just hated me. No, I, I but just, to be fair, when I quit the zap guns, that is the first time that all of my friends told me, fuck you, dude. We had a giant banner. Yeah, 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 well, that's that was that was what I was getting to. And is even it, Stosh like, put it on the wall at the Spitfire. At your, at your final show at the Zap Guns, there was a big banner that said, fuck you, dad. It's in my basement. And your wife, your adorable wife, was in tears, not because people were telling you to fuck yourself. She was in tears because she's like, his friends love him so much. <laughs> they just love him so much, and it's yeah. wonderful. It was just, it was the most adorable thing. I mean, she was bawling. She was. At a sign telling her husband to fuck off. It, yeah. was, it was wonderful. I liked this episode a lot. I liked about the first third of it a are, lot. Are you a kidding? Lot. I liked the episode in general, but I liked the first third of it a lot. The end of the episode. The B story, that's what I liked of it. The, the 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 Zoidberg stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, 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 no. The stuff that uh, we'll we'll get to it. But I like this was an incredibly strong vision finish for the third season. I was very satisfied with it. Um starts right off with Marbo Morbo and Linda though. I, <laughs> no, no, Tom. It starts off with a Jumbotron cartoon of a lion oh, biting yeah, a right. guy's head off. You know, <laughs> toys will be toys. Is that the same one where the people were skating off of Bob Hope's head? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I I want the drugs they had in the 1940s. I don't know if it was like CIA created LSD or just straight up amphetamine or what, but whoever was drawing these cartoons, whether it was from like shell shock PTSD or what, it's crazy. Like it's predating psychedelics and it's just 1949. Nuts. It was yeah. racism and bigotry. Well, in the Bosco cartoons and stuff, but this is just like like there was a scene from the same cartoon I don't know, sometime during the season. It wasn't PC back then, you know. It was a little PC stuff. But but there was was a scene on on the Jumbotron of a toy Bob Hope head with dolls, like, skiing off it like a ski slope. And it was on wheels. And it was just completely fucked up where, like, I don't even know how you'd put that all together and just be like, what you'd have to be on or how wasted you'd have to be. Just be like, oh, yeah. Well, then there's somebody skating off his head. <laughs> and then you go right into the mountain over here. And, oh, shit, this lion's going to bite off his head. Oh. You know, it, it, was a real, it was a real weird thing. And uh, kind of violent. Was, do you think there's any symbolism in that decapitation, Tom? I think it was toys on an assembly line or something like that. And then the line just turned around and bit the soldier's head off or whatever it was. Ugh. Guy, like, bowing. I don't know. I was looking it up. There's a lot of cartoons since then called Toys Will Be to- Toys. That's uh There's one starring Baby Tom and Jerry. Really? Is that is that like the less gritty reboot from the 90s? 
with the like Tom and Jerry of co- uh, baby oh. Tom and Jerry. Was that like a cohort the of Tom and Muppet Jerry babies? Kids, were, yeah. yeah, yeah, Tom and Jerry kids. Yeah. So I, I mean, I never really thought about that until just now. But now everything gets a gritty reboot, and back then everything What's was the made gritty cuter. Reboot of Tom and Jerry. No, 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 no. The, in the '90s, I guess early '90s or maybe late oh. '80s, everything was like cuted up yeah, to make yeah. it more palatable for kids. And now they just take kid stuff and make it like way more, you know, messed up and dirty and gross. Yeah, I thought like, you were saying you were calling for a gritty reboot of Tom and Jerry, which I would be all in on. He, wasn't that what Itchy and Scratchy was basically? Yeah, yeah. we only got short episodes. Yeah. So if they just made that a standalone show, then I'm yeah that that that'd be great. Hmm. Even all CGI, but like uh, with like an Andy but Circus, like, like yeah, like mm-hmm. like Jungle Book CGI, like that new live action Jungle Book movie <laughs> where they like tried to make him look real. That'd be, be great. All fucking in on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna think on this some. I think you might be onto something, Dan. Yeah. I mean, who would voice them? Oh, well, they don't. They really shouldn't talk. talk. Often, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. They shouldn't, but they did. Like there was a movie in the late '80s or early '90s where they did talk, which was weird. Would that be more? transgressive and therefore grittier if they did talk like if you had Samuel L. Jackson if voice were, Tom no if they were silent killers it would be perfect like like um could it also have like the classical music in it yeah. like like the old cartoon <laughs> but I just that would make super it so violent yeah. <laughs> but look incredibly real too yeah. Yeah. well I get it could be like like, like a real house cat setting up these traps yeah and then people just and, getting killed like saw yeah <laughs> you guys, we're gonna be millions. I got yeah. I gotta go yeah, call cut a, this out so we can shark tape this. <laughs> I got I gotta call a director. Hang on. Um, yeah. I so I really like. I think it was the first episode that Sebastian King was on way back in season one when we got introduced to Morbo and Linda. Yeah, and. I can understand why Morbo has become his favorite character because the juxtaposition of him in like Regis Philbin type settings and this like going from zero to rage. My first note is Morbo equals Regis. Yeah, yeah, but like the the immediate like that comes out of him, I can identify with that like so much. Just but the reaction to everyone else, like that everyone else has to Morbo, where they're just like, "Oh, that's Morbo." <laughs> yeah, like that's the best part of it, where yeah. Linda just goes. <laughs> <laughs> I also like um, in that segment when the Elzar like makes the Lovecraftian horror from the. <laughs> it was, it's or the uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cook a nice unnameable horror oh, from yeah, beyond yeah, yeah. with mango chutney. <laughs> <laughs> and he opens this, the lid. And, and, and yeah, it's just, like the color out of space. <laughs> it's all X-rayed. And this is an episode that is beyond like it's ahead of its time in that like the foodie craze didn't really happen. I feel like till Instagram. Like, I mean, I know it was happening, but, like, it became very mainstream. Oh, yeah. Once sure. people could take pictures of their food and be like, look at what I'm eating. And it's so incredible. I, and, I think but that was, it was like... But it was very, uh, like, I had never heard of mango chutney. Well, I didn't that, watch any food well, shows. Well, you were in, like, Medina or something in 19. Yeah, but I also right? didn't watch any food shows either. Like, I yeah, well, care. it was just like that, That you know, the Food Network was basically, like, primetime programming and everything else was just, like, 40-year-old PBS shows. Mm-hmm. But... That's what I loved about this so much is because at the time this was airing, like, that's almost all I watched was the Food Channel, especially Iron Chef. Like, I would make sure I was home at 10 o'clock Friday nights to watch a new episode of, a new 10-year-old episode or whatever of Iron Chef ported over from Japan. Weren't you in bands? Uh, In 90, well, this is what, 2001? 2002. Um, 
Yes, but at that point, the main one I was in was basically just touring like once a year for okay. a little bit. So right. it wasn't like it wasn't real active. I think our drummer had moved away. So it was kind of slow, but I would like, I, if I wasn't home, I'd videotape it or DVR <laughs> it because like I was, I was obsessed with Iron Chef and we'll, we'll get to that later. But like, I, I, I just, I have so many positive feelings for this episode just by the time they get to that thing at the end. I don't think I've ever watched a single episode. No, me oh my God. I haven't either. Oh my God. I might have to do a spinoff podcast about like the original Japanese Iron Chef episodes because it, it just... It, do, it does something to me. Makes me tingle Clearly. all over. Making your pants tight? A, a little bit. I mean, that and... Is it poop or boner? Uh, <laughs> can it be both at the yeah. same time? First one, then the other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Go one begets the other and on yeah. and on. It's sort of an Ouroboros I find thing. cooking shows horribly boring. Yes. Yep. Really? Like, I can't yeah. I like. That. I love eating food. Yes. Yeah. I just don't care how it's made. <laughs> well, okay, so... I don't even like making food that I'm going to eat. I'd rather yeah. have somebody else prepare it. So what kind of... I mean, like, any kind of cooking shows or... There's yes. a, some cooking show that I watched. Um, oh, no, never mind. It was a uh, stupid <laughs> Amy Schumer skit on her <laughs> show <laughs> where they're drunk and they have to make something it's like that there's some show where it's like you only have certain ingredients to make something chopped. in your house yeah chopped yeah but it's like the drunk version so you come home drunk from the bar and then you have like <laughs> just whatever's in your cupboard in your fridge to make something and you have to use whatever and that i was like i'd watch that but that was you know you know what i made for lunch today ramen noodles with peanut butter and fresh pork rinds from the mexican grocery store it was delicious it made me feel sick after eating it, but it tasted so good. Did you take a picture of it for Instagram? No, I don't do that. Okay. No, I mean, like I did for about this much time, and I was like, you know what? Every other asshole is doing this too. I don't need to do this right yeah, now. He just takes really Polaroids remarkable. now. <laughs> well, I got you know, <laughs> you got to stay one step there. It's just filled with food he's eating. I mean, so, like, I get, I get with like it's a show where it's like, okay, we're gonna make a recipe right now. That's kind of boring, and usually it does. What it does mostly is it makes me feel like. I want to eat that now, and I can't. So you've created this disturbance in the forest, and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I hate that. But, like, I really like sort of travelogue-type shows. I Like, I, people seem to have turned on Anthony, Anthony Bourdain a little bit. But, like, generally, if he goes somewhere, I was like, check this shit out. It usually aligns pretty well with what I'd be into anyway. And because I travel so much, it's nice to have at least, like, some things to sort of pick out ahead of time and go, like, I want to try this or see something related also, to that. I believe... Uh, Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations, was on the Travel Channel, not the Cooking Channel. He's been on a bunch though. It's like he's on CNN now, so it's yeah, not. But I believe his big break was on the Travel Channel. It's possible, yeah. probable. I watched I, that, I and is. like, I like to have people go to places and eat things. Yeah, I just don't want to watch them make it. Now, all of that being or said, be in a contest where they have to compete against someone else. I just never. That's the basis of Iron Chef, though. I know, yeah. and that's why I never watched it. Oh, or but cared. you're just—you're not. You don't understand. I've watched it to the extent where I'm like, okay, what's the secret ingredient? Okay, that's all. American I need to know. or Japanese? Because there's a difference. Both. I've seen both okay, of them. Okay, so we'll we'll get deeper into that when we get there. But like, there's a lot of episodes of dogs for the Japanese show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've eaten <laughs> a dog. Have it's, you really? Um, yeah. Oh, I was a Mormon missionary in the Philippines, oh. and when I was there, I was. Presented with some aso adobo. And you'd be rude to not partake, right? 
I'd be stupid not to partake. It was a dog. I wanted to eat it. <laughs> uh, I get to tell people that I eat dog all the time. It's great. I mean, you, it's uh, all right. I didn't mind it. You can cut this out of the show, but if you want to watch a show about cooking that is really good, like maybe, maybe the best show about cooking I've ever seen because it's more about the philosophy of food than it is about like actually cooking stuff. It's called Mind of a Chef, and it's on PBS and it's on Netflix now and stuff. But like. I can just sit and watch that for hours. Like, it's really cool. Anyway, um, the, the, what comes up pretty quickly is Bender is once again cooking for the crew, and his cooking is terrible to the point that it brings Leela to tears. Well, well Fry has to warn tell people about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, that's one of my favorite scenes in the episode because right away the professor says, Oh God, my tract! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like talking about escaping on the ship, and Bender just appears in the doorway, like you know, stirring a pot, fleeing somewhere. Mm. <laughs> I it was it was like I could watch Bender cook for a long time. Like I, as much <laughs> as I don't like cooking shows, watching Bender cook is hilarious and intriguing. <laughs> Where yeah. he puts the, yeah. eats the chicken and then it comes out. It's and just it's all, bones. That, that was the thing that I thought Pete would hate. Well, it's, uh, you know, once again, he's got this magical chest cavity that can now process chicken meat, apparently. It's science. Where did the meat go? Because you never see the meat. Right. It's probably sitting in there rotting. Or maybe it's being processed into sausage and being cured or smoked. It, or maybe it's being turned into energy. Yeah. But he, what well, does he use solid food for energy? He uses alcohol. Is fermented chicken a thing? It could be. Could be. In the future. Sure somewhere. Huh. It, it's, it, I mean, at this point. It's the future, Pete. I've I've almost, almost, um, sort of exhausted my outrage over Bender's chest cavity. I'll bring it up, but at this point, it's like I mean, I, at the same time, I'd be like, well, he shoots pepper out of his ass too, and that's where his brick hole is. That was the other thing that I said you would hate. I don't I don't hate it. I'd have to I'd have to like be invested. You know, to I hate paused it. at that part. We'll get to it, but the brick. Could have been there, or it could not have been there. We don't know. Yeah, it wasn't a good shot. Yeah, um, that's why it's so funny. But <laughs> I think you're you're right. You said that the B story with Zoidberg was something you it's, really that's enjoyed. that's why I like I or like I can't <laughs> hate this episode. It's not. A, I don't think it was a great episode, but it. The B story with the <laughs> yes, it's the uh, scale replica of the large, world's largest bottle. For, for <laughs> I put this ship in it so it's not boring. <laughs> for the last time, look with your eyes, not with your claws. <laughs> and then, I mean, the <laughs> just the Tommy, whole. Tommy, can I have one of your beers? The whole thing where it just immediately turns into like a uh, Jerry Lewis slapstick. Thanks. You know, was just perfect and and rest totally rest in people. Rest in uh, my favorite line in the episode period is when he says, "Professor will hit me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has another great line later on. I don't even know if well, I wrote it. Well, that but. that the way that goes is like, but if I fix it, perhaps gifts even. Gifts even. Yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, did. I think we're still kind of waiting to get the if we ever do. Like the backstory on the professor and Zoidberg's relationship. Like we know that yes. they're best friends, but does that happen later on? No. And I was also well, we get some backstory on them. No, we, we're we're waiting on. Yeah, them. Oh, it yeah, hasn't happened. Yeah, yet. yeah, for sure. yeah. Um, Surrender your mysteries to Zoidberg. <laughs> 
You, what my thought during that part though is like he like puts his tentacle or, or whatever they're called in there and it breaks it off. Why couldn't he easily like just put it back <laughs> and like and glue, and it on? glue yeah. back on? Because he's incompetent. <laughs> he's he's basically one hundred percent liability. But the uh, so then Bender makes everybody their special meals. Where Which Am- I love. Amy gets baked pony because she likes cute things. Well, because she is cute. Yeah. So because she's cute, she gets a pony, a hoof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like kind a of a, a yeah. forearm. Yeah. But like, um, what? Uh, was, you could, you, you could like, argue that there'd be delicious parts of a pony. Yeah. But not but, that one. But a uh, the lower part of a pony's foot and hoof with the fur still on, yeah, he, which I mean, didn't appear to be cooked. <laughs> it's not going to be delicious. It was a ceviche. <laughs> <laughs> and Fry had some, like, it looked like petrified ribs or something like that. It, yeah, it looked like a, like a spoiled rack of something. But then I was trying to figure out what the professor had. It was a di- the digestive tract or something like that. It, yeah, it was it like was, a oh, stomach. So was it all or from like, the pony? I don't know. No, I don't Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we don't know where it came from, yeah. but... Leela had something with two eyes on it. <laughs> Just <a pretty laughs> two dick eyeballs. <laughs> but then, then for dessert, the pie where he's like, well, you all like swarms of things, don't you? <laughs> you just see it like, like squirming up yeah. underneath. That's one of my, actually one of my favorite lines in Futurama is, you guys like swarms of things, right? <laughs> I also like, um, hey, the plant's sick again. I only get sick when I cook. <laughs> what <do> you, wait, <laughs> coincidence? What do you think about that and all your You're precious science? One of the best things in the episode was when Zoidberg comes in with the trench coat on over <laughs> all the shit that's glued onto him, and he's just like acting super casual. Like that's that may be one of my favorite scenes with him ever because he's just so bad at it. Like, like he is well, in even, everything. He even announces act naturally. <laughs> <laughs> There's a deleted scene in that part where he explains the cuckoo clock on his back, and he's like, this? What? Oh, well, I'm always running late, so I decided to get myself a clock. <laughs> and then the bird comes out. <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, is it, I like I fall more and more in love with Zoidberg every day. I, I keep going back. He's my favorite character on the show. To one of one of those original questions we used to ask about who you'd like to see in a spinoff, like Zoidberg, one hundred percent. See, I but know. I never got to answer that question, so I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, for me, it's Kiff. I think Kiff and like Zeb Brannigan, I having their own show would yeah. be really great. I love Zoidberg. I don't think he's strong enough to carry his own show. You don't. I feel like... You don't. I think that shtick would get really old over the course of an episode. Hmm. Yeah, because any episode that he is the main... <laughs> any episode that he's the main focus, he... I, I He becomes too sympathetic, and it's not as yeah. funny. So, th- with some writing and tweaking, maybe, but I agree that the Zap Brannigan Kiff spinoff would be... Phenomenal. Yeah, we gotta we gotta figure out the adult Tom and Jerry first, <laughs> but we'll we'll keep that in the, the, in the Michael, back pocket. The Michael Bay Tom and Jerry. <laughs> no, we want it to be good, mm-hmm. like like Quentin Tarantino's Tom and Jerry, <laughs> which is uh, an episode of Bitchy and Scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, guest when, director Quentin Tarantino. When so, Bender um, like overhears about. That nobody likes his cooking. Oh, as he's squeezing all, mop water into the, shot glasses. The, yes. What do you think the green stuff was? I mean, acid, it was apparently. Acid, I guess, but like. At first, I thought it was slurm. 
Oh yeah, I was. It's funny because like the first time I watched this episode, I was like running around doing stuff, so it was on in the background. And I came in and I missed the part where he squirted, like wrung out the mop over it. Yeah. So I didn't know what was happening, and then I watched it again this morning, and I realized that that was what it was. But I spent a lot of time like, <laughs> I wonder what that is. <laughs> I oh. also love the portal that. Uh, yes, that's like when they're trying <laughs> to wormhole. all get rid of the food. Yeah, he, he creates the wormhole and then wipes his own head off like that. That's just an incredibly funny visual gag. Yeah, and I, I think um, we talked about this the last couple episodes. Like, they were clearly burning through their leftover budget because there's another set of, like, really good graphics in this episode. Like, they, it really stepped up a notch in a lot of... Uh, when he's, like, riding the rails and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah, well, just yeah. The, the visuals were really good and, and maybe, like, kind of uh, head and shoulders above most of the season. Um I just remembered there's another deleted scene in this where Fry is actually pretending to eat whatever he has meal-wise, yeah. and he has, like, the fork on the side of his <laughs> face, and Bender's, like, over on the other side. He's like, mmm. And then Bender, like, looks at him, and he, like, actually puts his mouth, and then he, like, almost, like, gags. And then he's like, oh, it's really good. And Bender, as he's walking into the kitchen, he goes, if you love that, you're going to, or if you like that, you're going to love the antidote. <laughs> <laughs> That's so goddamn I, funny. Like, yeah, that I wish that episode. would have been in there. <laughs> Did, so the thing with the, the so the drinks or whatever, I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be like dessert cups with maybe like a jello in or whatever, but it made me think about this uh this time I used to work in a restaurant like when I was home for summers in college and I worked with this guy. It was just like a normal regular guy, but every once in a while you'd play hijinks like you do working in a in a kitchen. And we had a dumb waiter that went from the downstairs to the upstairs, and the cleaning stuff was all in the basement. So I had I asked him to like send up the cleaning stuff, and he sent up a five gallon bucket and had some stuff in it. And then in the middle of it, there was a cup with some other stuff in it. They're different colors. And I'm like, okay. And I put my mop in and started going. And he'd put bleach and ammonia in the five gallon bucket. So when I tipped it over, it created chlorine gas. <laughs> like, Jim, Jim, what the fuck did you do? And we had to like leave and get the windows open because it was just like we were starting to choke because right. it was effectively like mustard gas. Because that, that's a war crime. Yeah. And he, he just gas. did it because he thought it would be funny because he learned this much chemistry that, in high school before he dropped out. That's actually a Futurama out. joke, actually. Is it? Yeah. I don't know if we've gotten oh, to yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. When yet. they go swimming, right? They, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I know, it's, it's Freedom Day. It's yeah. Yeah. It happened to me. Oh wait, chlorine. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Just I, I spent a lot of time working in kitchens, and I, I always miss it a little. It was bit, the Flexo but not, episode. Not a uh, yeah. Not what the chlorine? Like, yeah. No, no, that's the uh, Freedom Day, where they all go nude skinny dipping. Right at the beginning. In the, in and the Bender gets all rusty from the gas. Yep. Did we oh. even do that one yet? No, no, I'm thinking of the thing where it's Flexo and Bender, and he's like, hey, Fry, guess what? And then it's like he sprays oh, it. And he's okay, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of it. Like, <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's poisonous. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, They've I used probably, that gag a couple times, I guess. <laughs> I probably told that same story at that one, but I can't remember what happened yesterday, much less like 20 episodes ago. Oh, well. Um, the, the other thing is they kind of. As all of this was going down, they say this food tastes better as vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't think is physically possible. Well, how much vomiting have you done, Tom? I've done some vomit. How much terrible food have you eaten, too? Like, this is. Oh, yeah, I guess. Inedible food. So I think it is possible that. 
at least you know what vomit tastes like, so there's comfort in that. So you like the stomach bile is like makes it a little more palatable. Yeah, if it's like an alkaline substance, the stomach bile might neutralize it where it comes out tasting like water or something. Yeah. But I, I, I guess was, I've never had anything that bad. Where I guess I guess what I was leaning to is like, do you have any preferred things to throw up? Like, I, you, like, I just prefer to not throw up. I, well, no, that's a, that's a given. Like, I don't think anybody. Well, I'm not going to say nobody likes throwing up. There's got to be people out there that do. But like, you don't want to throw up a bunch of pretzels. But a Dairy Queen soft serve cone is. There are things that are funner to throw. Up. And and not even like fun. Just like oh well, that was. Well, you'll get, whoa, whoa, you'll get some on, projectile hang on, hang on. out of it. Like, yeah. Hang on. Do you chew your pretzels? <laughs> <laughs> I don't chew anything. I like I it's like a duck. Yeah. I crunch it up in my fist and then just throw it at the back of my throat. Which it works good. Go. It works good for stuff like chips and pretzels, mm. but for like chicken it just makes a mess. Mm. Who, was, who was that you? But you feel more full. Who, who who had the grandfather that just gummed his food? Oh yeah, that was my great grandfather. Great grandfather. Yeah, about. <laughs> he just he said his grandfather didn't have any teeth. So I just he, he, it was uh, from that generation where you're like, eh, you can't do something and you're a pussy, so you just yeah. But, make yeah. It work. I mean, but could you just like taking a steak and just grinding it in your fist and just throwing chunks of it, you know, into your uh, mouth? Like, if only the MythBusters were still a thing. I know. What's <laughs> there's the White Rabbit Project, but it, yeah, it's not, it's not, not the, the same. same. It, it, it needs right. more mustaches. Um, Can you calcify your gums enough to chew face? <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's right. get the team on it. <clears throat> so Benner gets his feelings hurt, which I think is always my favorite part about Bender is that yeah. he is so sensitive when he's supposed to have the least amount of feelings. He's not supposed most to have any. any. That's right. when I that's when I like Bender the most. Like he is I my first episode that I was on was um the one where he goes to hell and I hate that episode and I hate Bender. He's the weakest character on the show. But Bender is at his best, you're right, when he's vulnerable and like or like Trying to do something nice and just totally completely Gets it screwing wrong. it up. Yeah, and then yeah. that's bad what made about it. The last episodes or two episodes of Godfellas. That's what yeah. makes it so good. Yeah. Is that that's most of what that episode is. I didn't realize he had a pen finger that he could unscrew and like write with. Yeah, he does. there's a lot of things you don't know about. I mean, it maybe just hadn't, hadn't come up yet, Pete. But I've I really only known him his... for like 54 episodes. That's true. It's only been like a year. Um, but the the pre-printed stock he had, with like a, a with plea for it, attention yeah. from Bender. I, this time I mean it. What were what were the other ones? There's like um, I'm getting a I'm tattoo. Running away. Yeah, I'm running away, <laughs> getting a tattoo, a plea for attention. <clears throat> and this time I mean it is a great box to check. That should yeah. literally be like an emoji, like. On like Facebook and stuff for when people are doing all their venting these yeah. days. <laughs> no, this time. It's this time I mean yeah. it. Okay. I'm going to stick to this for three days instead of until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole Bender being sensitive and more sensitive than anyone else because when he gets low or just has emotion, he gets lower than pretty much anyone on the show. Like, Fry gets sad. Lila gets sad, like, but it's out of loneliness and it's a little more justified. He is the easily like the most sensitive of all of them, and I think that's such a great parallel you can draw between all the people 
that are on Facebook and social media that act like they're so tough and so like unaffected by things and then fly off the handle over whatever. Yeah. He oh, hides totally. behind being like being a thinking robot. that he's yeah. awesome and a robot well, and everything. Okay, so But then as soon as he can't do something that he wants to be good at, uh oh. Now now he's gotta lash out at everybody or run away. Is this so is is are Bender's emotions actually part of his source code, or is it some sort of thing where um, his artificial intelligence is evolving to have these human emotions? Does this ever get answered? Am I getting too? We get out there into. With it? There's a whole episode that you're gonna watch. It's in like uh, after the movies, like okay. the newer uh, reboot or the uh, Comedy Central seasons. Yeah, the yeah. Comedy Central seasons. Um, that you're going to. It's a bad episode, but. You're gonna. It's gonna It'll drive you crazy. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Which I, one is this? This one. Um, uh, the free will unit one. Yeah, but they also kind of changed the format of the show for. Yeah. Those. So like that one was more about once once the show gets to Comedy Central, they're trying to be a little more poignant about social issues. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. They do do. There's a lot. That. Yeah. It does change where it's more about. It's more parody. What's going? Yeah, yeah. Like back well, okay. to. So, and because this isn't really like, there's no, like, we all, there's all kinds of episodes where we have actual, like, social issues that are brought up in, yeah. in, in that time. And now it's, like, kind of even repeating itself in yeah. here. And it's, it's more, I feel like, way more subtle. Yeah. In the, in the early stuff. In the early stuff. Yeah. In the newer ones, it's like, here's something ripped from the headlines. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to ask it. It's almost like. Similar to like what how South Park wrote an episode, mm-hmm. like it was like actually attacking a certain issue Specific that was going things. on. Yeah. Well, so so that's I guess to make it academic and really make people tune out and get bored. The thing I was wondering about it is like because he those emotions are not natural to him, then the swings and the inability to like deal with them would kind of make sense. Where like I. I I don't know. There, there's, there's like studies that show like girls that are typically not raised to be competitive and competitive sports and things, and sort of like, uh, well, like, under, like under, skills, yeah. Well, yeah, how to understand loss and be like, it's yeah. just a game and whatever. Yeah. That like they tend to be more violent in things because it doesn't have the the social construct around it. Like they're just not brought up in it. You know, now this is, this is all changing, whatever, but I, like I have done academic work on that, at least reading through some of those studies. It was just an interesting sort of parallel of that, where like, you know, if you don't know how to, how to kind of compartmentalize stuff and, and sort of go, Oh, well this is just that. And yeah, I feel bad, but whatever, like you would be super mood swingy and crazy. I just don't know how much of that is like actually into the character or is just lazy writing. No, I don't think it's lazy writing. I think it is absolutely, the AI and that Bender is so good at all the things he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so when he like bending on, uh, yeah, like he's very good at bending. That's what he's programmed to do. So when he inadvertently stumbles upon something that he likes and is kind of ashamed of, like being a chef or being a, a folk bad singer. chef. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a folk singer. singer. Yeah. And he's not great at it. It makes him incredibly insecure, and he doesn't know how to deal with that because he knows how to bend. He knows how to do the things he's supposed to do and other things he just has no interest in because they haven't struck him as something that he should care about. Mm. So that that would make sense that 
as a, a robot with artificial intelligence, it's it's not even uh, as much an emotion as it is just frustration. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I know. Frustration. Like why why I can't why can't I do this? I'm yeah. I'm like I'm an expert, perfect doing the. This he's other stronger thing. than anybody else on the crew. Yeah. He's he can do everything's it. way easier he for can him. Store multitudes yeah. inside. He's got so many great cavity. talents. So when it comes to something that takes a little more finesse and a little bit more, uh, something more than just being strong or programmed to be able to do it, he he freaks out. I mean, he can't even taste. He can't taste. I know, which is. I mean, a you benefit. Have to figure that out. Uh, we'll what do you find think? out? It's a benefit. It is so <laughs> he goes to run away, meaning for real this time. Why does he throws his hat on the ground yes. and rats run out? <laughs> why? Why does he need a? Which bindle? I feel like Pixar was like, hey, <laughs> let's make that into a movie. What, what if why, rats cooked? Why does he need a bindle? He could store all his shit inside his chest. Because now he's a railroad. Homo. He's a robo. He's a robo. What did you say? <laughs> a robo. Oh, they said a Romo. That, yeah. So that's almost which uh, became even more offensive once uh, the quarterback became a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was one of those jokes. Where it's like, oh, do you think that would even happen today? A Romo? Yeah. Mm, that scene, that conversation, I don't think would happen if they made that episode today. Yeah, I don't think it would either. But to defend the bindle, if you have an opportunity as a writer to put a bindle into an episode, I feel like you're going to do it. Oh, like yeah, someone's running to. away and you're like, huh, what's the funniest thing to carry all your belongings in? Especially in the 31st Not a chest century. cavity. Yeah. Sure. Every it's, scenario it's a bindle. and joke that I've ever made of somebody running away involves a bindle. Yeah. Like, no matter <laughs> it's, it's what the funniest time. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the funniest way, because it's the worst way to carry all your belongings, but it's the funniest a by far. A bandana. He literally he has a chest one. cavity that he can carry everything in. Yeah. He could but probably the, shove the whole stick in there, and you wouldn't even know. But so more, it's, more, it's probably more symbolic. Okay. Because it's certainly inefficient. Yes. Oh, brother, Bender, you scamp. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see bindles make a comeback, though, like uh, to become a thing that people are carrying around, where they just have a stick and a bandana, and then like their wallet and their phone in it. I mean, yeah. we oh, could you know, hang them off of the mic stands here. You know what? All the the uh, people that stand on the side of the highway with signs asking for money and stuff if like they that. Had a bindle, if they had a bindle, funny. maybe yeah. I would give them. I, <laughs> listen, let's make a pact right now. <laughs> If any of us see someone carrying a bindle, they get at least a dollar. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'll go to the ATM, <laughs> break that $20 bill, and give them a dollar. Because I never have <laughs> cash on me. So Do that. you have to document it, though, and prove it? Yeah. Okay. So, like, it's got to go up on Instagram or it, it, it just has to be documented. It doesn't have to be on social media. Okay. Just just proof. So just send it to one of us. And yeah. vice versa. It'll probably yeah. end up being... On like the front page of the New York Times or something because <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you hear that? All the uh, homeless people out there that are listening the to this podcast, podcast. bindle it up. <laughs> you got a bindle, you get at least a dollar. The uh, the I feel ex- like there's going to be some store in Hingetown now that's like artisan bindles. <laughs> I'm a, surprised there is a dollar already. per bindle. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the 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 exchange between Elzar and Bender when Bender's begging to become like a, a student of his. He's like, why? Why? He's well, your antenna's in my crotch, and also I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
I, uh, which is a line I use a lot in my life. You, I, I love Elzar. Are you are you making a bindle right now as we speak? <laughs> no, I just Bill's, don't know what to do with my scarf. Bill's got a scarf. I got a promotional scarf from the Indians. And <laughs> I wore it because uh, nobody else has it yet because I had to go to the game, and uh, now I, it's hot and I don't want to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, Give it to the Indians to give a promotional scarf in August. Yeah. <laughs> it trans. It, then when it, hey, it, people were stopping me like, "Hey, where'd you get that, man?" <laughs> I'm like, "Come the game Friday." You'll well, see. it'll be useful in October when they're in the World Series again, right? Fuck yeah, Dan! Yay! <laughs> Funny thing is, I hate baseball. <laughs> I don't care as long as they make it the World Series and win. <laughs> Do you hate winners too, Dan? I live in Cleveland, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> We we have Do winners. Scarf? Now, Go to the game on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> wait, winters or winners? Either. Oh, I no. Wait, wait. Did you think I said winter like no, somebody who lives in Cleveland? No, I thought you said. Winter. What do you think about winners. winter? Winners. Winners. I like winter. I like winter too, but I can see where you get confused because we all like to drop we're our from tees. Cleveland and we say winter and winter. Yeah. Winner, winner, chicken did dinner. We, the, did we roll past real quick? Um, no, the transition back to Zoidberg. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he will never recombobulate the ship. <laughs> I just like, I like that Zoidberg's version of evil and scheming is to like make a shirt that says, I hate bottles. <laughs> After going, what would the robot do? Yeah. Frame someone. It's, it's like, he's, he's not dumb. Like he's perceptive. But like, it's just it, it, his kind of is so like he's kind of dumb. How come yeah. Pete's glasses get so foggy? Yours <laughs> are fine. I'm a very humid person, Bill. I am it's too. Just, it's just, you're right under the fan. Pete, I am. Right breathes out of his fan. eyes. Don't <laughs> 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 worry about you. I'm gonna millhouse it up. Don't worry. <laughs> just like stick a finger in there so there's a little clear spot. And everything else is like white. <clears throat> um, the uh. Did did Bender was the was the rust beard just for effect, or do you think he actually quit drinking when he became a, a robo? I mean, if he's a robo, he might not have money for booze. He wasn't acting like he wasn't drinking, though. I didn't understand the beard, and then I, I chalk it up either. to that line where it's like, "You're too drunk. You're not drunk enough. You're too you." I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> However, it works. Yeah, it, it made me. Th- I thought of it like. It was just like the bindle, like it's a cool visual gag to make him look more homeless. The the uh, the whole exchange with the like robot hobos, the robos again. If, if no, they know. were regular hobos. Were they? Yeah. The dudes. Yeah. <sighs> He's the robo. Well, right. I'm misremembering. Like and I said, we don't know how ago. far he traveled, so maybe on the travel he had to quit drinking because it was so far. Right. He's riding the rails. Yeah, I mean they got on the train. The the visuals during the the train ride were Great. awesome. Yeah, the yeah. Prism. and then the the prism thing and the way it all broke up. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, like that's uh Have you ever ridden on a train? Like yes. not not like a uh like a, a light not like rail. a like a train around Cedar Point. No, not like a light rail or like a, a subway, but like a train train. No. I don't think I have. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Oh, no, I have, because I've done, like, the Excella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done that, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, like, it's a smooth ride, and it usually runs on time, and then there's, like, a car you can go drink in. No, I love trains, and that's why there needs to be trains, like, you know, we have planes all across the country, but if we had, like, high-speed trains across America, that'd be, like, if you could take a train that 
was it didn't take in Columbus days. in 30 minutes? Yeah. Like, that, that, that's totally possible. Yeah. But we don't have it. No, we, we don't have a lot of things. But that, I, I've had the, to... The car companies. Back a long time ago, they thought steam engines were going to go too fast for people to survive. I know. Turns out... 30, 45 miles per hour. <laughs> might, it might accelerate the shit out of your brain. Mm-hmm. Then you just be a, a bumpkin. You never know. All your organs fall out. Yeah. Well, what was the name of the planet with all the hobos then when they got there? Did I don't they, think they ever said. Did they Bum say? Base Alpha. Bum Base? Bum Base Alpha. Really? <laughs> it's located have, on a remote asteroid. I have a oh. question about um, the technology that the space hobos used to patch their spacesuits. Yes. Because <laughs> their spacesuits did have patches. Huh. So I wonder, like, if you're a space hobo, are spacesuits cheap enough that you can afford? You can steal them. I'm that's what I'm thinking. And also afford the technology to patch them. I'm thinking that at this point in the the future, there like people are throwing out spacesuits because yeah. maybe it ripped or whatever, and they these guys are getting them from the trash and then they're patching taking, them up. Yeah, they're taking another spacesuit and yeah. using it to. Have patch you ever heard one. of duct tape, Dan? I have. You could use that to patch a spacesuit. I'm sure. Okay. Maybe I've seen it in a movie. Yeah, when we had an above ground pool, and uh, we had ripped the liner. <laughs> Did you take it to space? <laughs> <laughs> There's water in it, okay. And uh, we had ripped the liner, and then we had to put glue on a patch and patch that want- liner without completely draining the pool, and it worked. So I imagine if you can do something like that with uh, white trash technology, like <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this was, was this the outside of the pool or the inside? The inside. So like I went through the water with glue, with glue on, on that patch and patched it up and really? it worked. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Huh. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that how long ago was this? Technology was this is so like ninety eight, ninety nine. Twenty years ago. Yeah. Oh, did, that's impressive. I didn't this know is it your folks' house? Yeah. Did they know there was a hole in the pool or was this? Yeah, like... they had to buy the patch. <laughs> but I was the one. Like me and my brothers were the ones that like fixed it. Wow. So, I just I'm thinking about science now. That's like. I'm like thinking about water. how we had to take apart that pool and sell it, and that was <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the saddest days of my life. I love that fucking pool. Did you have like a deck built around the outside? And everything? No, was it just the pool. We we had like a uh, deck that was just like on one part. Yeah, and then uh, that was like it. Like we didn't have the whole fancy thing. We just it was like a something my dad bought for us reluctantly because I called him out for giving a bunch of money to the John Birch Society. I'm like, that's no. how much an above-ground pool costs. <laughs> <laughs> and then before you know it, we had an above-ground pool. But <laughs> Wait, your dad gave money to the John Birch Society I, I was in the 90s? Mormon. Yeah, I was a Mormon. Uh, I didn't know the John Birch Society still existed. Uh, yeah. Did the communists still exist, Dan? Yeah. Well, then the well, John, John Birch Society, Society still needs to exist, yeah. too. Fair enough. Who's John Birch again? I don't. I, I never <laughs> knew. I just knew there was seven he old was men like that a, would come over to our house every Thursday, and I would just go in my room and not be around them. Oh my yeah, god! I thought he was like a senator or some politician who. It's like the it, it, it is libertarian as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like huh, what are we doing paying taxes for roads? I know. I hardly even use these roads. Like that kind of shit. I oh it oh brain. Hurting. Mm-hmm. It's in there, wrapping uh, it around. I know, I know, I know. Like I'm. It's okay. Uh, well, I mean, uh, back to the hobos. They <laughs> also <Tom>. have. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be paying for no hobos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad comes out of times. Uh, they also somehow got 
uh, uh, jetpacks too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that so, technology is like you're just throwing it out. I mean, you could a hobo that's like coach at for this kids time right now could probably go and get a whole bunch of uh, DVDs. Or, like, people or throw bikes like, out on their yeah. front lawn and stuff. And kids, uh, people throw out... I mean, hobos have phones now. Yeah. Like, there's people that are homeless, but they have a phone. Well, you need a phone. Yeah, they have an there's Obama a, phone. And, yeah. and track phones, I mean, we. I mm-hmm. have a burner. Yeah. I don't ever use it, but it's there just in case I have to go off, you know, off the grid. You won't be able to find me. You'll just get a phone that says, like, babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, kind of makes me want to get a burner now. I want Pete being cooler than me. <laughs> it's, it's surprisingly cheap. I know it's cheap. That's and like, why I should have one. It's it's sort of like we we got it as like a landline backup because we don't have one. And if we ever go out and someone's here, actually, we got it because your daughter, who sometimes babysits our daughter, didn't have a phone at mm. one point. We're like, if shit goes down, she can't. I touch nine one one. So let's make sure we've got something here. And it's just like twenty bucks every three months to renew it and. Like, why, why get rid of it? A little mm-hmm. sweet little flip phone. There's games on it and stuff. You can take pictures that look like you <laughs> pushed in your eyeball. <laughs> that look like you're on uh, Sega Genesis. It's like a, like a 0.4 megapixel. They look like you took them in 2003? Yes, exactly. Um, the uh, the pie, what I really love that whole throwback thing where Helmet Sparkle puts the pie out on the sill and, like, it, it's the, the fumes, like, pulling them in by their nose. I always loved that. <laughs> but they're still using jetpacks. <laughs> yeah, to like, to, like, float over to the pie. But, like, that's such a, an old gag. That's how you know yeah. something is yeah, good. Yeah, you know yeah. how it's delicious. But he made the pie out of shoes, even, which shows you how talented Helmet Sparkle is. Was it him or was it the, the flavor? In the- he didn't use that. You don't know. You don't know. I don't think, I don't think he used it because assuming. he didn't need to. Maybe he did. But that mind. also didn't have any... Odor or flavor to it. We'll what? get there. The, we'll get there. the, the secret the, ingredient. Get oh, your, get your dubious, ingredient. dubious look off your face, Dan. The oh. essence of. Oh, food. all of a sudden, <laughs> being dubious isn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but then the, the way it gets into that backstory, and this comes back to like our cooking show sort of thing, where like Elzar comes in and he's like the hot new guy and sort of ushers Helmet out of. The cooking show landscape. It's exactly what happened to Julia Child. Yeah, yeah. And do you ever see like the old pictures of of um, Emeril, like when he was like a young skinny guy before he started looking like a real chef? Like he, you know, it's it's almost the same as what happens in here. It's just like a young, skinny, enthusiastic guy, and they're just like, oh, With this eight guy arms. says, bam, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, he you did know, have eight arms, didn't he? I mean, like, but if you go back and watch the stuff that came off, Those like three, Julia Child Six. was really. Amazing too. My uh, my favorite one out of all of those. Did you ever see Yan Can Cook? No, I told you don't watch any. I feel like we just talked about how we don't watch. No, but this this was like this was a PBS show. This wasn't like food TV. But this would have been on any of them in the background. There are a few things that interest me less than cooking shows. Okay, so Martin Yan. It's only four, Bill. It's only four. Oh wow. Martin Yan was uh, a he's a a Chinese American chef. I mean, he, I think he's actually, like, from China or Hong Kong. Like, he's, he, he's an immigrant and started his whole cooking empire out in California and, like, daytime TV and all that stuff and ended up on PBS. But, like, every episode, he'd come out with, like, some 
apron with the iron-on 70s, like, fuzzy letters with some bad pun on it. Like, every episode it would change over, you know, like, you know, the, the, the thing that comes to mind, and this is dumb because it's so, like, so antiquated, but be like, walk and roll. But stuff like that, like every time you just have like a dumb dad joke apron, a brand new one custom made for every episode, which on, on a PBS budget in the 80s is like... Pretty funny. Yeah, that's, that's, that's outstanding. Like his commitment. Oh, I get it. Walk and roll. Anyway. <laughs> How the hell? Uh, where are we? What, what eight senses does Bender have? We're like a third oh, away through wait, the episode. Hang on. I just... Yeah. So the one that he mentions, smission. Yeah. So I, I took that to be spelled like fission. Like nuclear, but, but there's an S and an M in it. No, I know. No, I mean fission. Like it's spelled like S S I O N. Yeah, it's spelled S M I S S I O N. Okay. So like, I don't know. What do you guys think? That's what I thought it was. So I was trying to think of what that could be, but I'm not a linguist, so I don't. A combination know of smell and vision. Fission or vision? Vision. 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 I don't know. I don't. I like I think you can it's... see smells. Yeah. It's synesthesia, basically. Well, that's boring. That's maybe, science. maybe that is his sense of of putting things in his chest cavity. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just because he'd even give that up now do those for eight, the sense look, of look, taste. Do those? Do those eight? Do those? Eight, do those eight senses ever get enumerated anywhere? No, no. So we just we assume like hearing. Sight, touch, smell, smission, and then there's three more that we're we're missing. Yeah, we don't know. One of them not being taste. But I mean, that's the joke, though. The, though one know. of the running jokes is the fact that he's thirty uh, percent iron. Yes, that is an ongoing thing. Yeah, we've done that, right? We've well, yeah, 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 forty percent, thirty or forty percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did we not wait? Do you guys didn't get? I think to it's usually forty percent though. Isn't with it? the Dolomite one, yeah. I don't know. That's I don't the remember one with the dog. Oh yeah, no, we haven't gotten to that yet. Um, but the, then we get to the part where like he he forgets everything he knows about cooking by pushing an obviously accessible button on the side of his butt, which. I, they did that in the Lucy Liu uh, kidnapster episode too, where it's like, oh, we're gonna forget everything. And you press the button. I don't, I don't like that. that is, Shocked. No, it's just that to me is lazy writing. Like the the forget everything. It's not really funny, and it's just blah. But I think it is funny because it's such an accessible button that he could bump into at any time. Yeah. <laughs> that makes exactly. it funny. But it's not there all the time. Right. But that's also why it's funny. Oh. Because it's a cartoon and that's, that happens all the time. One of my favorite cartoons. things about cartoons is the fact that like it's something that isn't there all the time. I know. Right? We've because established... you can, whatever you need is yeah. there yeah. when you it's want it to be. It's cartoon logic. We've established that I don't like cartoon logic. So uh, yeah. I just... And never look down when you're running across the air. <laughs> Never look down, because you'll be fine. And if you run through a wall, it's going to create an outline exactly and the same all of a sudden you'll have body. a sign to explain <laughs> to everybody that you are not happy that you look down. I really loved the Ginsu knife uh, homage that happened when he was chopping things up. Do you guys remember those commercials? Well, oh, yeah, was, those were great. I wanted, I wanted my parents to buy Ginsu knives. I was like, 
this will solve all our problems. <laughs> I don't know what problems we had. I mean, my parents were getting divorced and all this stuff, but I thought if we had Ginsu <laughs> knives, fancy Japanese knives, and we could it. cut cans and then slice tomatoes, fine, everything would be good. I mean, the thing is, like, you can cut cans with regular knives. It just makes them dull as shit after you do it. Like, have you ever had any experience with Cutco? It's like a door-to-door uh, multi-level marketing thing for, like, kitchen knives. And Is it like Amway for chicken knives? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I did a Cutco interview. Really? When I first got back from uh, the Philippines, like, that was one of the first places I applied for a job. Really? And I'm like, I'm going to be really good at this. And then they're like, that's the part of like, so what you do is you go to your friends and family just like to practice. I'm like, oh, it's a scam. It's, I mean, the, the demos are impressive because yeah. like they have scissors that'll cut through pennies and like mm-hmm. knives that'll cut through like coins and shit, but they get dull too. Like I thought I was going to be like an actual salesman and not just trying to scam like people that I cared about. Yeah. Which I didn't feel like doing. It's, that's uh, that's always the key to multi-level marketing. I prefer to scam people that I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's like, why why alienate the people that you have to be around? Yeah, I've heard your commercials on the radio, Bill. Nutrimilk. <laughs> <laughs> really does work. That's a lot of weight. I just put it all back. Not all of it. I put a good amount back on just because, you know, I got a girlfriend and... Yeah, like it eat happens. a lot. Yeah, I, get, I overeat. Like that's that's gonna make you fat again. Do you guys cut this part out? <laughs> do, do you guys have an accusing parlor in your homes? No, I need one. Yeah, I need one really bad. <laughs> I just want you to try to go to the bank to get a loan and just be like, I want to add on to my house. I need an accusing parlor. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have a kid. I have a kid. Like we need accusing parlors because you know when you know something gets broken. It's ne- it's never me, right? Like it's never me. It's probably right. well, it's the kids. I'm a pretty klutzy guy. Sometimes it's me. I'll cop to it when it is me though, because I'll usually yell "God damn it!" really loudly right. or something. Like it's not a surprise if I fuck something up. Right. I could have used an accusing parlor. My kids are pretty grown now, so they just break stuff and they go, "Yeah, I did it. What are you gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> it just gets worse, doesn't it? You need it a just- shaming parlor. <laughs> that. Not allowed to have that in this generation. <laughs> oh, these fucking snowflakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, they're what, what you need is like a, a jerk hard spanking. Well, it's 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 weird because they're more worried about what their friends think. So if you could create like a, a jury of their peers to Ooh. shame them for fucking things up, but what would happen is then they just gang up on you. Yeah, be like, yeah, what? Do you, yeah, so you somehow need to like go undercover. To or be. you'd get arrested for. Uh, Starting cyberbullying or something yeah. like that. <laughs> is that wrong if you do it against your own kids? <laughs> it's not cyberbullying. It's cyber punishment. <laughs> it's cyber parenting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like the parents that make their kids stand out on the side of the road with a sign. No, I'm going to get all your friends to shame you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, God. I can't. I'm terrified of my child achieving autonomy. It's just, it's, it's the worst. Is this the first time? I don't can't remember if this is the first time that Zoidberg has a first name that we notice it. I, I, I think I, it Dr. Is. John yeah, Doctor John. I think it is. I mean, because even when he was writing, um, or no, at, at the first episode that had Santa in it, like it was just your cousin Goldfarb or Zoidfarb, not um, you know what I mean? Like it, like they never tacked that thing on. Yeah, because on the 
Fry's conf- Fry confesses. This is the best confession note ever. Which one? Just when, I, I, Fry confesses? Yeah, yeah, where he's like, yeah. And he's got the I hate bottles shirt on, not there, realizing it says it. There's also another deleted scene where the professor shows a picture of the laboratory and he's like, I suspected it because it's Fry's shoe print. He obviously hopped backwards on one foot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I may have thought somebody stole his shoe until I found this. And that's when the uh, the Fry confesses note on, comes from out. From the yeah. desk of John Zoidberg. <laughs> yeah. I, then the, the part where Zoidberg freaks out because he finds out that the whole bottle and ship cost $10. He's like, ah! like <laughs> That's like, a lot of money to Zoidberg. I know. He's... He's got a sandwich-based savings portfolio. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, a sandwich. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just... But then the, the whole, like, telltale heart thing with him and the guilt. Like, I just love that it's just eating away at him because he's, he's ultimately, like, a virtuous character. He's just filthy <laughs> stinking. <laughs> and poor. Yes. I just, like, Fry, like, just can't remember if he did, he broke it or not. Because well, Fry's so careless that he breaks things all the time. <laughs> yeah. So if someone accuses him of breaking something, he's just like, oh, maybe I did. But the, so ultimately, as we transition back to Bum Base One, Bender makes food that is acceptable to Helmut Spargle, and he, tra- he <laughs> and transfers it. Yeah, which kills him, but he gives him the essence of pure flavor that he can have in his, you know, to use to impress people with his cooking. <laughs> what does Sparkle say? He says, uh, uh, there goes my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, is he supposed to be a Wolfgang Puck analog, maybe? You're the one who watches the cooking shows. No, I, I don't know. There's, like, something that his name is referenced after. Um, oh, where is it? I used to work in a party center, and the chef there was this Swedish guy named Hans. He was a character. Very strange. Uh, he would chop the shit out of the chicken. The, though the, the montage while Bender is training to be a cook is yeah. from Karate Kid. Yes. The song is from Karate Kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, there's a Star yeah, the Wars song. reference in it, too. Yeah, with the hovering potato. And, <laughs> and the lightsaber potato peeler. <laughs> yeah. The... Uh, the line that uh, Bender is a walking pile of Elzar's unfinished business was beautiful too. Like just that whole the whole challenge where he, he literally does the glove slap. Like, have you ever been able to slap someone with a glove? No, but I've always wanted to. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like I've always wanted to throw a drink in someone's face, and I've never done that either. But it's because you're not a real housewife. Well, <laughs> but but even like, it's also it, a girl move. A, a slapping with a glove is is way more masculine than throwing a drink in someone's face. So would that make it even more? I'm not fun trying to, to like do. define gender roles here, but no, I I mean I get it, but you know I don't wear gloves unless it's cold, and then if I'm inside, I don't have the gloves on because I don't need them anymore. Well, maybe you need to. Sometimes stick. you just need to punch a bitch. Yeah. I don't mean a bitch like a woman. I mean someone who's being a bitch. You're, but you're using that term, which means a motherfucker. Female- <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, we'll make white gloves a thing. Start wearing... Yeah, be, be a trendsetter. I couldn't bite my nails then. Eh? Yeah, so you have a reason for it. Well, I mean, I don't, like, nub them down to the things. I just... I try and keep them nice. That's smooth. how you get parasites, Pete. I could use a parasite, Tom. Have you seen me? 
I could probably use a few. You are a parasite. I know. I'm suckling at the teat of socialism in this house. It's it's really I'm just draining society. <laughs> John Birch Society is going to come after me next. <laughs> oh, Spargle's last name is referencing to the German word. Um, what is it? Chef's surname Spargel uh, comes from the German word Spargel, which means asparagus. Okay. Asparagus is commonly grown in Germany. Well, it does make your pee stink. So is Wolfgang Puck from Germany? I think he's from Austria. Close enough. Yeah, they speak German there, right? I think so. Part of it. Like it's Germanish. Yeah. Wow, we're we're grinding this down to a halt. So <laughs> to bring the excitement back in, this is where they where Bender challenges Elzar. Well, kills Helmet Sparkle. Gets the secret essence of flavor. Yes. Goes and challenges Elzar. And my favorite part of the entire episode is when He's explaining to Elzar that he's got to avenge the death of the man he killed. <laughs> and Elzar's like, okay, but it seems like you're the one that killed him. I, uh, that, that destroys me. I didn't even catch that. That is brilliant. It's That's so, so good. Funny. I, so what? this is where it becomes Iron Chef. One thing I want, just want to stop real quick and point out a thing that I really appreciated was like there were people hanging out in a crowd with like, Penance and shit. Yeah, and someone had one that just said fish sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I like I. It's I fucking love it so much. The the is uh, it like I tried sauce? cooking with fish sauce once, and never again. Holy shit! You, you, well, I did something wrong. It? it smells terrible. You no, know, it's it is. <laughs> Do you Whatever you I used, used to it, I I, I made up my house smell for Asian a week. seasoning condiment sauce. It is made by fermenting. Fish in barrels, like in you know, but when, when used properly, it's amazing. I did not use it, it properly. Yeah, if you know, usually it's like a splash into a wok full of food, and it it sort of adds like an umami to everything. And it's okay. you know, it's it's a very powerful, pungent thing. So if you use too much, it's, you're going to kill it. Yeah, but then there's so I was just talking to. Uh, a friend of ours owns a Thai place and I was talking to her about this chicken I had in Portland that's like cooked. It's like marinated in caramelized fish sauce and it's so good. Like I'm, I can't wait to go back there and eat it because it's just that good and it's all fish sauce. So there's ways around it, but like, you know, I, I don't think you and I are going to achieve that. Uh, in Definitely not me. My yeah. brother is a great cook and that's who I live with and he could probably do something like that. Yeah. But I overdid it and it was like, <laughs> like, so bad. It, it's yeah. It, like, it's got a into lot. like the wood. It was not <laughs> Jesus. It was. It, I, I fucked up. Uh, I'm, I'm kind ridiculous. of a bender. It, yeah, it, was, it was. It was like a week of like walking in the house and being like, <laughs> pungent. So, so they become contestants on Iron Cook. Uh, you know, as an homage to Iron Chef. Now, is there a White Tiger on Iron Chef? I think at times there may have been the. Did they cook it? No, it's just just uh-huh. uh, decoration. Like so, the character, like the chairman and the cape and everything, the host, that was like a one hundred percent analog from the chairman from the Japanese show. Um, I the way he spoke was that similar? the way he the way he talks, 
and just the the outlandish costumes and all of it. I mean, like when you watch a Japanese Iron Chef episode, and it's like the pomp and circumstance and the backstory, and it's like it's just campy as fuck. I mean, like you think they had to have John Waters in there as like a creative consultant or something because it's just like, and then we're gonna rant, you know. So everybody's really dynamic and animated, but it is the intensity and the drama that they, I mean, they were, you know, reality shows are all about like, here's the commercial break and it's a cliffhanger. You know, this show just leaves them all in the dust because it's just like, there's an hour and the time is so tense and everyone's just rushing around. But then the real beauty of the Japanese version is it was all done in Japan. So no one's speaking English, but they have dubbed over all of the voices and so, like, you can hear underneath the people talking in Japanese, like, really fast and, and, like, animated. And then they got voice actors to cover up. Okay, uh, you know, Kenji-san, and he's going to... And it, it's just, like, you watch it, and it just ramps up the anxiety and whatever. And then you come to, like, you know, it's like wrestling, and you get into the characters, and it's like there's, there's um, Chef Morimoto and, uh, you know, like, who's now an American, like, restaurant mogul with his places... And God damn it, I, I, it's been so long since I've watched it. Um, well, just so you know, no matter what you say, you haven't sold it to me it no, is, at it, all. It is. I, I mean, <laughs> and if you don't get it, you don't get it. But if it speaks to you, it's just like, it's amazing. How do you think Papa John would fare on that show? He'd get killed. The other what guy. If the, what if the secret would ingredient. Would he be the secret ingredient? <laughs> was fresh ingredients. <laughs> what, no, was banana peppers. Because no. he does a pretty good job with those on his pizza. No, what if it, the secret ingredient was being <laughs> like a total asshole? asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he might pull that one off. I mean, so then they ported it over to America, and I—I I mean, I assume it's still on, like, right? And we have—we have, we have no, an iron. Like, stop referring to us. I—I just—I I don't know because I—I don't have, have like cable. I haven't had like cable and live TV for several years. But like, you know, Cleveland has an American iron chef and Michael Simon, like one of our cooking hometown heroes. Um, you know, there's, there's the Mario Batali and I think Morimoto was the one carryover from it where he was a com- uh, competitor on it. But like when they did the first round of, of iron chef America, William Shatner was the host and it poured it over directly <laughs> where it was just like the campiness of the acting and it, it was the so overdub well, of yes, his and voice the, and the over and it just all of it was just so Perfect. Like I, all I want to do now is like stop recording this and just go watch Iron Chef episodes. Like I, I'm really, really excited about that show. I'm gonna now. reiterate, you haven't sold I know, it to me at all. I know you don't care. <laughs> you don't care. But that's it. It is. It's really like. What was your favorite secret ingredient? Um, come. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can make that good, you make it. <laughs> I don't know. It it would either be like the really strange ones like squid ink or the really, really, really expensive ones like abalone. Like they did one where there was like $10,000. Abalone? That's not obscure. (laughs) Yeah. One one bologna costs like 13 cents. In in Japan it is. No, uh, just abalone, which I don't even know if you can necessarily buy it here. It might be illegal in the States, but it was like $10,000 worth of abalone as the secret ingredient. What is abalone? It's it's like a, a mollusk shellfish. It's like a big scallopy type thing. But they're I think endangered, so of course it's a hot commodity in Japan. And they're like super fucking expensive. So But they never use soil green. No, because that's not a real thing, Tom. 
And it's people. But every once in a while, they do Spoiler something. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I, so, it, so just everything about the Iron Chef sequence on this show, like... Followed I was with the show. I was in, I was just in 100%. So whereas Dan didn't particularly love the climax of this episode, oh, you were all I was in. I was just too messing. But even though Bender's food ended up being good because he cheated and used uh, LSD, <laughs> his yeah. presentation was garbage. So wouldn't that make it so that he wouldn't win? It doesn't. It doesn't matter if the judges find it acceptable. We have and here we have Ethan Bubblegum Tate as a return yeah. appearance as one of the and judges. Morbo. And Morbo, I do like him. Yeah, and uh, the head of Martha Stewart, which <laughs> I, I I like the whole thing. It was like, what did he say? I've never had or I've never. I've never seen such. Perfect strokes of the ass. Yeah, yeah. when Bender's really... You've never seen my ass. No, I haven't. <laughs> That's, you know... There, they, yeah, there was some tension between the two of them. Yeah, it's... it's All of it, all of it. It was just perfectly executed. And the thing is, if you went back and watched a new production episode of this show now, I think it would still track directly to it and still be just as good. So, uh... Yeah. All right. Well, props to the Futurama creators on getting the Iron <laughs> Chef part right. Was, so, was Iron Cook when they did the so, title? So, sequence? this the way you are so happy about them getting the Iron Chef part right. Yeah, is so like like it's got you as pumped as I've ever seen on this podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Whereas the idea of uh, Bender having a chest cavity that can hold multiple things <laughs> just throws you completely off. It's not multiple things. Like anything, and then it's, also contain anything, and then yeah, whatever he needs it. It's that it's so, a container so, so, that defies physics. Yeah. That's what bugs me about it, and it doesn't get explained. But accuracy to a kind of obscure, popular cooking show. I don't, obscure, not obscure, yeah. but... Uh, uh, yeah. I, it, it, it was, it was just, popular, but it wasn't so it was just cult following. Yeah, I, I think it's more just the trappings of the actual Iron Chef show that I love so much. They were able to port directly into this episode of Futurama. In a, you know, and, and the sequence right, so is probably now, all of five here's minutes. Here's a parallel I'm trying to draw. Yeah. Is a lot of cartoons have, what do we call it? Cartoon logic. Logic. Yeah. Okay. I love cartoon logic. Tommy loves cartoon logic. <laughs> yep. Dan? Yes. Dan loves cartoon logic. Right. So our excitement to for all of that stuff is why that all of those gags are so funny. Okay. Do you understand now? No, I don't know where you're going with I'm, I'm, What I'm saying is <laughs> it's nostalgia. What it comes down to is you yes. like that Iron Chef part so much because of your yes. love of Iron Chef. So cartoon logic is hilarious to us because of our no, love of cartoon logic. I mean, yeah, that's, I get that's what fine. He's I, I, you yeah, get it? I, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I mean, no, just say, it's just, uh, I was wrong. No, no, <laughs> to no. Hate Bender. <laughs> I never, I never said I hated Bender. Well, to, to hate the cartoon logic. I don't, hate is a strong word. I just, well, just I give me what it, I'm looking for. I'm fishing for something. It's problematic. But is it now? The cartoon logic? Right, because you're not not trying to have logic. You're trying to have comedy. No, I... (sighs) You guys have all had a lot more to drink than I have. But we're talking about things. 
I, but I'm not. You know. All right, alcoholic logic is also a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm familiar with that, too. Okay. So no, I don't see no, why you can't come no, it, it, to our side. No, well, it's just, uh, why, why don't you like Iron Chef, Bill? Because cooking no. shows are fucking boring. Yeah, I can it's understand not. that. But cooking shows are boring to us, but I understand your excitement of it. Yeah. I don't, and that's what I'm trying to impose on you, is that you can... Let this cartoon logic thing go because you can see that Pete, it's very go. similar. Let it go. Um, Just enjoy the story. No, don't ever let it go. You have <laughs> that's the whole dynamic of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I I I can intellectualize it. I understand what you're saying. But can you laugh at it? <sighs> Does it ever make you laugh? Probably sometimes. I don't have a list. But it has made you laugh. I'm sure it has. All right, then you got to stop. Point. Then you got to stop worrying about it. Well, I because it is I'm, funny. Worry worry is a wrong word. I mean, concerning yourself? Yeah, or over I got I got to talk I got to talk about something though. I mean, all right. You, I, I mean, look, one of the problems that I have is that there's an inconsistency in these things. So if I, I every TV show I, has an I'm inconsistency. I'm a fan of not not Law and Order SBU. Every episode yeah, is the episode loved- where Stabler might go too far and cross a line. Every single one, you except know what? the ones he's not on. There's an episode where they don't even have a case. They just put uh, fucking Maloney into a, a cell by and himself. And he flips out. Yeah, but what that has nothing to do with SBU. It does, every every episode of SBU Stabler. Almost goes too far. It's I have a question. I have a question. It's a garbage show. Though. When they're going over the ingredients, yes. And Bernard says, "If it's chicken, chicken a la king. If it's fish, fish a la king. Mm-hmm. If it's turkey, it's fish a la king." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that like a joke about a la king and how those things are are prepared, or is that just like uh, a joke that he doesn't know how to cook turkey? I think it's probably just a joke that he doesn't know how to tur- cook turkey. I mean, a la king is just dumb. Put it in puff pastry and put uh, cream and mushroom soup on it, basically. Oh. So it's that sounds good. I'll have that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, y- y- it's hard to fuck that up. Um, just uh, you know, like something a la mode is with ice cream on it. I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, like it's delicious. If you watched more cooking shows, you'd know that shit. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> a thing. But you know what, Pete? Now <laughs> I know it, and I didn't have to watch a goddamn cooking show. And we all know what delicious food is here. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> this isn't the first. By the way, these floors are creaking. And fries. Ooh. Did you? Oh, did you get the text from rallies today? No. The, the you get text from rally? rallies. We'll talk off mic. That's nice. is um is this this isn't the first appearance of a spice weasel, is it? No, no but it's the first time they had them all in a rack. Okay. Yeah. Which spice weasel made its first appearance in the episode where Leela gets blinded and oh, right, Bender right, right, joins right, right, the mafia. Right. Uh, the salad garnished with money. I'd like, you know. That looked interesting. I liked when they dumped the food just into Martha's head bucket, and uh, she's swimming in her own she's swimming her waist. Own sw- yeah, it, it does that mean she, she likes out of her neck? Yeah, hole. I think I think that's uh, the insinuation there. But all of it, every single last bit of it, where Bender wins and everything, is just a lead up to being able to make the joke. Domo arigato, Mister yeah. Roboto. <laughs> Though what really got me with this episode was when Fry really wanted to buy the uh, commemorative turkey baster. Yeah. <laughs> and then he didn't know that he says the thing like, my turkey is unusually dry. Yeah, like I've tried everything. 
It's uh, basting it, <laughs> which is the first first thing you, thing you do when you cook a turkey. Is it was uh, <laughs> declining the title of Iron Cook and instead opting for Zinc Saucier, which he just made up because of twice the prize money. Like, I hope they honored that. And actually, I mean, it would be kind of nice if they had a stratification where you have the Iron Chef, but then could you, you know, break it down into other things like a... a Is Zinc one below Iron? On the periodic chart? I don't know. Well, he said it's double the prize money, so... Or quadruple the prize money, so you would think it would be higher. Right? But it's a lesser uh, title. Yeah. But I think that's also just the way Bender wants to manipulate the situation. Sure. I mean... Let's go look at what supplements cost. What's more expensive, zinc or iron? Probably about the same if you're buying them in supplement form because it's Probably. mostly just inactive ingredients. GNC so. has a lot of sales where you can get two for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> or like BOGO. I don't know. I've never been to GNC. And those guys will not leave you alone <laughs> until you buy all of them. Uh, and ultimately... Zoidberg cannot live with the guilt and confesses in the most horrible way. He's just so he can't do anything right. No, the 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 sword just crumpling against his exoskeleton. It's just. <laughs> but that's when Zoidberg is at his best because he destroys the sword that is way more expensive <laughs> than the ten dollar bottle, what, ten thousand dollar sword, and it was five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollar sword, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he destroys it, and the uh, he just <laughs> goes up. Oh, I'm Zoidberg. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Takes off, <laughs> and uh, it all comes down to uh, the essence of flavor, just being water laced with a bunch of LSD. Ordinary water <laughs> with a couple spoonfuls of LSD. LSD, and then when he's like, and then when they're analyzing it, and they go, "Oh, it's there was no LSD at all," and then they go, "Oh wait, no, it was." A whole bunch, <laughs> and then Fry, or Bender at the end is, is like, "Who wants brunch?" With a little bit of Con confidence, confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all cheer. And then the best thing, like, I was like, "Oh, maybe." Like I don't know what I thought at the end, but then when they started playing like psychedelic, they started end playing music. "Sunshine yeah. of Your Love," and that's <laughs> I was wondering about that. Like, is that song particularly associated with LSD, or is it just because it's a '60s jam out jam, man? It's probably, probably both. Cheap, mm-hmm. cheap. You, 60s you think song? you think it's cheap? That's Eric Clapton. It's cream. Though. Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably cheap. Or like I said, I think last week that. Some they already had the rights to. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, safety dance. Yep. Yeah. I you know, um, very, very strong end to a mixed season. Not according to Dan. No, you didn't like it. I mean, the episode for me starts off as strong as like the first. I don't know. The first third of the episode is when it's at its best, and it just petered out for me. I do. I did not care for this ending because. Because you fucking hate care about Bruce. cooking shows, um, but I mean, I, the but first I think the jokes are so they're still there. Like I, w- yeah. I didn't care about cooking shows, but I thought it was still very funny all the way through. I don't yeah. know. Like I, I laughed way more at the first like third of this episode than I did at the last two thirds of this. episode. I mean, clearly I had a lot of baggage about Iron Chef in the first place, but I think all of the B story stuff with Zoidberg and everything, like yeah. it was just, it was solid. Oh yeah. All the way through, like it, almost to the point where, like, the actual bender parts were the least important parts of it for me. Like, yeah, he's driving the narrative, but um, 
he, he was almost inconsequential to the parts that were really, really good. If that makes any sense. Nothing on this podcast makes sense, no. Pete. No, yeah. I tried. It kind of makes sense. I don't, I, know. I don't know. I think it's a very funny episode. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, there yeah. You go. It's yeah. a good episode. Um, uh, they're all good episodes. I, I, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of this show. So clearly, I, clearly, because you walk in without notes and you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you're, I've you're never come in with jokes. notes. Like, I, I've watched all these episodes so many times. I haven't probably watched this episode in a year or two, but I still love it and think it's hysterical all the way through. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a good scene. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. I think it's great that you guys both came and were able to share this experience with us. Uh, end of it, season three. Yeah, end of season yeah. three of the Futurama, end of season three of Slurmcast. Um, Thank you for guest hosting these last three weeks, Bill. It has been an honor and a, uh, I'd say pleasure. Tell me you just broke everything. Say, say pleasure, but you know. Um, All right, hold on. I think it's. There you go. But it's, that's there you go. maybe a little creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have you back as <laughs> oh, soon as, we'll soon have as you. possible. Oh, cool. Thanks. And then. Thank you for, for being a guest, Dan, yeah. for your three-peat appearance. Piece and um, we should give you extra credit for being able to jump in at the last minute because our As you always do. Yes. but our <laughs> Well, not the first time, but our originally scheduled guest um, was going to be Dan Miller, who's closed out the last two seasons with us. And he He's was in a... a closer, but... Yeah, he was in a terrible uh, motorcycle accident. He's okay, but... Um, yeah, it was really scary there for a minute. So hopefully he's on the mend and back up and running again soon. Um, hopefully they'll find the person that hit him because the guy took off. Too. Yeah, oh, yeah, really terrible. So if you are in the Cleveland area and know somebody who's got a truck with a motorcycle-shaped dent in it, that's probably him. Uh, call the cops. Uh, on that note, do you have anything to plug, Bill? Yeah, this is the week of Accidental Comedy. Accidental Comedy Festival starts today, August 29th. And I will be with uh, Dave Hill at Hilarities on the 30th. Yep. And that's at Hilarities. Go to hilarities.com for all the dates on that. And then just uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at Bill Squire. Damn. Those, those T-shirts are really cool. They're great. Yeah. Okay, Pants does awesome work. Yeah, that's I'm excited. I got I got passes for the weekend, so I'm I've turned in my size and hopefully it's there waiting for me. It will be. Yes. How about you, Dan? Anything to uh plug or tell people about? They can find you on the internet. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, uh at superdan042. Perfect. Um we can be reached at slurmcast.com where all of our episodes are hosted with links to information on our guests and uh things like our tea public shop you can email us at slurmcastpod at gmail.com i bought a shirt you did i bought the one the reservoir dogs uh shirt i think we got a notification about that thank you bill that was me that's sweet um the uh what else instagram and twitter slurm at slurmcast pod uh, mm-hmm. you can call us or text us at 216-438-1077 um that's all that, is that everything? I think that's everything. Just rate and review us on iTunes, please. We really appreciate you listening, and we love to hear from you. Uh, we will be starting season four shortly, so keep your ears. A lot of new stuff happening. Open. A lot yes. of new stuff going to be happening. It's, uh, there's there's going to be some twists and turns, people. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.